What does Elon Musk know more about money? Almost everything. And even the world's richest man was willing to take out a $29 billion loan to acquire an asset like Twitter. What's up, folks? Welcome to today's episode. And uh, it's a little bit different. It's just me today. Um, Matt's a slacker and decided to go pick his kid up from school as opposed to sitting in here and doing a podcast. His kid could wait on the sidewalk just like any other kid stranded. But whatever. Um, I'm here by myself. And uh, one of the things that, that happened yesterday um, that I think is some, some folks picked it out and some folks didn't. And I just want to highlight for the folks that didn't notice this. Uh, what happened yesterday. And obviously what I'm speaking about is Elon Musk buying Twitter. And, uh, you know, what was ironic was this is the world's richest man, right? According to Forbes and Fortune and so on. Um, you know, it probably could argue Jeff Bezos, but I, I think it's pretty safe to say it's Elon Musk, especially now. So what happened yesterday is the world's richest man took out a $29 billion loan to acquire Twitter. So yes, even the world's richest person still understands leverage and arbitrage and utilizing other people's money and uh, at the highest level. Uh, my wife's calling me. Um, she doesn't know I'm in a podcast. But anyways, um, so on the out, from the outside looking in, that's what people think that we're all about is we're a debt-free company. And I, I say it until I'm blue in the face. That if that's what you want to do, absolutely. We have found no better strategy that will get you there faster and more efficiently and allow for flexibility and liquidity than ours. Um, however, depending on where you're at in your life cycle, we're not really a debt-free company. Um, we are all about leveraging debt and acquiring assets. And that's why we went from Replace Your Mortgage to Replace University. And no, we didn't change the name of the company or anything like that. Replace Your Mortgage is still there. We just want to level up because we're now teaching more than just uh, an advanced HELOC strategy, uh, specifically first lien position, home equity line of credit. Uh, we now bolt on a lot of different things, how to, how to take that home equity line of credit and allow it to be the steroid shot to replace your banker, which is how to become your own bank. And then how do we take uh, Replace Your Banker and get into Replace Your Employer, which is into real estate investing? Um, and then also, how do we take some of those and get into Replace Your Dollar, which is day trading, equities, and crypto? Uh, all of that takes place because, and we do it in hyper growth mode because what are we doing? Arbitrage. We're leveraging debt to acquire cash flow opportunities or assets. A uh, couple quick examples. I, I had a, a buddy of mine in Minnesota that wanted to uh, take down a rental property in Minnesota. He would do the financing uh, and he's a little short on the down payment. Said, look, I need the down payment money. Uh, you got any money laying around that's doing nothing for you? And I do. And I said, okay, cool. Yeah, we'll partner up. So I wire him the money same day. He tackles that property. Now we both have a cash flow asset and an investment. Otherwise, that money would have just been sitting in my account doing nothing. And unfortunately, that's where it was. You know, I sold my house and uh, acquiring another house uh, two days from now. Um, so I'll have a vehicle to store my cash in a first lien position, home equity line of credit. But my uh, insurance funds are kind of maxed out at this point. So I can't put any more money into those. So I just got it laying around doing nothing. And it actually gives me anxiety because over the last eight years, 
I've not only been teaching, but prior to that, the first four years before the, the eight years of developing this company, um, I had learned that money sitting around idle uh, really erodes. Um, I was actually talking to a CFO ju- uh, just today at lunch, and he was talking about his $50,000 sitting in a Chase savings account earning 0.25%. I said it's eroding away. Look at inflation. It's north of 8% now, depending on what numbers you look at. It's at 8%. So your money is actually going backwards while sitting in that savings account. The value of your dollar is changing by the minute. Now, it may be minuscule uh, to a certain degree, and you may not see it because at you know two or three months from now, when you want access to it, that number's still 50 grand. So we don't think of it internally that that 50 grand didn't change. It didn't go from 50 to 45. However, the price of gas went from 250 to five bucks. So can I buy as much gas with my 50000 that's in that Chase Savings account? No. Can I buy the same amount of milk that's in there? No. Eggs and so on and so on. No, you can't. Heck, especially real estate. I can't buy the same amount of real estate for that fifty grand that I could three months ago. So it's ever decaying while it's sitting in there. So instead, we need to put it to use. We need to wake that money up and put it into play. Um, so that was uh, an investment property. Uh, that we picked up. Another one is now me and my buddy, um, Jeremy, who's part of real life, or I'm sorry, real life. (laughs) He is real life trading. He owns his own company called Real Life Trading, but we've partnered up with him to create Replace Your Dollar, which is day trading equities. Um, So how do we put that, um, how do we give that a steroid shot? Well, if you're day trading and getting good at it and you're earning, let's say 10% a month, that's actually pretty good, really good. I'm just using arbitrary numbers here. Let's say 10% a month on your money, not 10% a year or the 12% mythical mutual fund that Dave Ramsey says that he has access to. Now, there might be a mutual fund out there that earned 12% in one year or two years, but it didn't over the course of 10 years. People don't get into mutual funds to day trade. They get into mutual funds for long-term expected or projected rates of return. Um, So that, that hasn't been out there that I'm aware of. And the last time I checked, because you can check uh, the list of mutual funds in their uh, history ever since inception, and there hasn't been one as of last year. So maybe I need to check in the last year if there has been one, but I highly doubt it. So my point is, is how do we, if that day trader is earning 10% per month, but they're earning that 10% on their 10 grand, but they have access to 100 grand over here, what does that really do? Well, now they just potentially replace their employer by taking that hundred grand of capital, deploying it into replace your dollar with Jeremy Newsom. And now they're getting 10 grand a month returns on their hundred thousand dollars when they're making, let's say six, seven, eight, or even 10 grand at their current job. I don't, maybe it was 15, but they don't want to deal with the nine to five or the nine to nine. As in my situation, when I was in the mortgage industry, it was a 12 hour gig uh, at a minimum. And that was on weekends too. So, even if you're making less money, but you get your time back, time is far more valuable than any other commodity on earth. So what does Elon Musk know more about money? Almost everything. And even the world's richest man was willing to take out a $29 billion loan to acquire an asset like Twitter. Um, Now, I'm not going to get into the politics of Twitter and what I think he's going to do with it. I think what I think he might do with it may be completely different than what he's going to do with it. He's not only the the world's richest man, he's potentially the world's smartest man. So I don't even want to pretend to uh, know what he thinks or what he's going to do with Twitter. Uh, But having said that, uh, do you think he knows a little bit more about building businesses and innovation and money than maybe a Dave Ramsey who tells you to never go into debt? 
uh, with the exception of buying a house, which is a, a secured asset. Why is that okay when you own a mortgage company? Um, why is it okay to tell clients of yours that you can go into debt if it's a mortgage, but everything else you should not go into debt for? Um, I just think it's bad advice. Now, it's great advice depending on who you are as the audience. If you're in the lowest three tax brackets and you haven't mastered your budget, Dave Ramsey is absolutely phenomenal for you. It's a no-nonsense, butthole kind of approach, similar to me, but I'm not going after the lowest three tax brackets. Uh, nor do I want to compare myself to Dave Ramsey. I'm not on his level. So, you know, Dave Ramsey happened to be watching this. No, I don't want to compare P&Ls and balance sheets. Uh, you're probably well on your way to being a billionaire, and so far I'm not. Um, but I can tell you this. I do know a thing or two about money, and not going into debt um, – is really costing people lots of time, lots of potential opportunities um, that they they can actually take advantage of. And you're not giving them enough credit. Uh, you're not giving your audience enough credit of being smart enough to take advantage of those opportunities if they were to go into debt. You know, would you borrow $100,000 if you knew it was going to turn into one hundred and seventy? New, guaranteed. Would you do that? Yeah. And I know what you're going to say. There's a lot of things out there. You can't say guarantee. You can't guarantee. That's bullcrap. Actually, there's a lot of things that are guaranteed. So, yeah, you would. You would absolutely take out a $100,000 loan if you knew it was going to turn into $170,000. Um, you know, we're into some things right now where we're doubling our money every five to six months. What does that mean? Well, I need to get my hands on more money. I can't get my hands on enough money because this, this part is not guaranteed. We are trading with it, but we're, we're doubling our money every five to six months. So I want more money to put in that account because I feel pretty confident we're doubling it every five to six months. Now, we're also protected on the downside. We're not being absolutely stupid and putting 100% of our cash flow or our assets into something that is projected and not guaranteed. No, we are diversifying. So there are other tranches that we're putting money into. And I get back to my point earlier with Jeremy in leveraging assets. Well, there's a bourbon play. Uh, and it's not to actually acquire bourbon and, and take possession of it, unfortunately, uh, because just on the other side of this camera is a bar that's got bourbon and moonshine and things of that nature. So obviously I'm a fan of bourbon, but I'm not buying bourbon because I can't take possession of it. I'm buying it because it's an asset. And, you know, there are plays and ways to, to get into some programs where you buy bourbon barrels. Uh, you can't take possession of it because if you do, it's called a warehouse receipt. And in one year, it's 11, 13% rate of return. However, as we all know, as bourbon ages, it becomes more valuable. And in three and a half to four years, you're looking at over a 200% rate of return. Now, so that's doubling your money in three to four years. You're not doing that in the stock market with your probably current financial planner. They're not doubling your money every three to four years. They're in something extremely safe, which is okay depending on where you're at in your life cycle. I'm 43. I'm willing to take those risks to a certain degree. I'm also the same guy that lost everything in 2008. So I'm not willing to lose everything, but I am willing to get in the game. I'm not scared enough that I'm not willing to take some opportunities of some advantages and also take the risk that comes with those opportunities. And neither should you. Again, we're being taught some valuable business lessons in today's market by watching people like Elon Musk. Um, and no, I'm not somebody that's on a, a Elon Musk bandwagon. I don't know a whole lot about the guy other than Tesla. I don't own a Tesla. I own an F-350 Super Duty diesel, the opposite of a Tesla. Um, but he's a very brilliant man. I like what he's done with money and I like what he's doing with business. And if he's the world's richest man and he's willing to take out a $29 billion loan, 
And I think that says a lot about what we're willing to do financially to get to the next level. And again, if you're at a point in, in your life right now where you're just trying to scrape to get by, message not not for you. Um, that, that would be a message that Dave Ramsey um, would be a great person to listen to. But if you're willing to graduate uh, and not be a toddler from those baby steps and become an adult in the financial world, well, then you should start listening to other people. Um, lots of other people out there. Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Uh, one of the first books I read after going broke. So th- there's there's money lessons that, that you can definitely learn from this. So that's my message for today. Went solo. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Take care and God bless.